Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. He weighs both sides of the story. And chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. Well, the entire Democratic Party of the United States is out in the streets of 150 cities in the U.S. demanding that Donald Trump release his income tax returns. And they'll be just as successful with this as they were with the presidency on November the 8th. It was very sobering a few minutes ago to hear Colonel Peter Mansour, the former executive officer to General David Petraeus, and NATO Brigade Commander, um, the author of Surge, tell us that he would not be surprised if war were to break out between North Korea and the United States in the next 48 hours. Um, I hope I'm quoting and protect uh, accurately. I, this is what he said in the next 48 hours. And at least in the next four years, there's going to be conflict between North Korea and the United States and countries in the region, with North Korea threatening South Korea with thousands of pieces of artillery in North Korea able to hit Seoul in South Korea, and the nuclear weaponry that uh, the North has reportedly able to target and hit Tokyo, and the United States, if any of those weapons start to move into any sort of firing position, and they have airplanes that fly over and sniff out nuclear weapons and nuclear activity, nuke sniffers, I think is what they call them, um, that's when the United States would cut loose and fire on, uh, on North Korea. And as Colonel Mansour said, there are missiles, in, and it would be conventional weaponry, but there are missiles that uh, can hit North Korea from the United States. And that Moab, the mother of all bombs that was dropped on Afghanistan a couple of days ago, it's not the biggest one they've got that's non-nuclear. We just heard that as well. There's one that's much bigger and has the capacity to burrow deep into um, fortified bunkers where they would be doing their nuclear research. This is a... I don't want to scare you, but it's got me uh, paying attention. And yet, we got a protest out there asking for Donald Trump's income tax returns. <laughs> Catherine Swift is the head of WorkingCanadians.ca, formerly the CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, the most powerful woman in Canada. How are you? I'm great, thanks. The other two didn't join us today. Oh, come on. Yes, I'm here. Sure they did. This is an April Fool's joke. It's oh, there you are. It's a little late. There you are. <laughs> yes. 
We're here, Roy. I just wanted to see what the reaction would be. If we were awake. <laughs> At Michelle Simpson on Twitter, former liberal MP and former seatmate to Justin Trudeau. Why don't you, why don't you elbow him when you were sitting next to him? You know? You should elbow I, him. I so. didn't elbow him, but I did gently smack the back of his head when he said something. Did you? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, because he was a newly minted MP the way I was. Explain that. You have to tell us what happened. Well, you know, if he said something silly, yeah. you know how you can... What do you mean if? ...naturedly right. smack someone on the back of the head. Right. I would say to him, well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard, and kind of <laughs> smack him. I guess I didn't realize that one day <laughs> he would be the well, prime minister. Michelle, maybe you're at fault. But you know what? Like, maybe I don't you, think you know, any of it re- back. realigned his brain or there, something. There must be video. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you're not allowed to take so, any cameras. That was in the House of Commons. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, you must have slapped him a lot. Well... Kind of. When he came in looking <laughs> like, um, uh, you know, a plantation owner one day, I, I kind of, I said, who are you made up to be? <laughs> oh, I can see it. If, if, if you were still in that building, you'd be one of his lead cabinet ministers. Oh, sure. I mean, a lot but, of that head slapping going on. <laughs> okay, so I just heard a very f- former senior officer in the United States military, the executive officer, General David Petraeus, in Iraq during the surge, say that he would not be surprised if a shooting war breaks out between North Korea and the United States in the next 48 hours. Not saying it's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise him if he did. It wouldn't surprise him if the North made some sort of uh, aggressive move where their nuclear weapons toward South Korea or other countries in the region like Japan, and the U.S. would react immediately. Uh, that's, that kind of stops you in your tracks when you hear that. Well, I, I listened I listened to the last half hour, because I was intrigued to hear, um, you know, what, what he would say. And although I, I can't say I'm shocked just reading what's going on right now, there's all this brinksmanship from North Korea, which so what else is new. And yet, from what I understand today, they said they were going to run another test, uh, another nuclear test. And... The thing that I think is is smart that the Trump administration is doing is he's really engaging China and Russia, who of course China in particular have you know they they more or less support North Korea in many many ways. So and and, and North Korea apparently backed down. This I'm just saying I you know trying to stay up to date. But so it, it'll be an interesting time. But I think the question we all have to ask ourselves is do we just let these rogue states go on forever can't and you know it's it's a good question i'm not sure what the answer is well i also asked him how he thinks the u.s military is uh, responding to the fact that they have a change in commanders in chief from obama to trump and his word was they're ecstatic I, I would say, knowing the military and i've spent time with military over many many years off and on what they always want to do is the job they were trained for. That's it. And I would bet, I thought the exact same thing, I bet they're over the moon they're able to do the job they're trained for. Yeah. How I do you agree. feel, how do you, how do you all feel about General 
<laughs> How do you all feel about General Trump um, turning over the operational decision-making to the generals, I should have said President Trump, but I, you know, to the operational uh, decision-making and proceedings to on-site senior military officers and saying, you're the experts, you assess the situation, you respond as you believe we should. Is that a good move or does it concern you? Because like in any organization, you can have individuals close to the top who are in deep competition with one another. And then it's a jockeying for whose plan is, is approved, whether it's in the corporate boardroom or whether it's in a military planning uh, environment. How do you, uh, Linda, how do you feel about, um, about pre- President Trump giving the generals operational green lights? Well, first of all, I think it's wise that they certainly, as you just said, train for this and et cetera. But my heart of hearts, I really believe it should be both. I think they all have to be engaged in this. Um, and certainly Trump could be taking the advice from these experts who that's what they're trained for. Um, so, you know, I would like to see it as a group collective. Um, but I just want to back up to what Catherine said. This is scary, Roy. I mean, usually war is tied to economics. And we know China would love to unseat the U.S. of A as the powerhouse, the economic powerhouse of the world. Um, I just wonder and I'm reading into this and this has been almost coming to a head for a time but this really does scare me I will say yeah it's something not to be taken lightly yeah. as as uh, Colonel Mansour suggested Michelle I've also had um, Colonel Steve Day uh, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Day former commanding officer of uh, JTF2 Joint Task Force 2 is a regular contributor to the program I'm really deeply appreciate it and you can uh, you can check them out on Facebook and um, and uh, and on Twitter, Colonel Steve Day's uh, Twitter account. But he said to us that there are times when politicians make decisions based on political uh, determination, as opposed to, and I, I don't want to mis misquote him. I'm sort of par- paraphrasing and trying to be careful, uh, as opposed to a letting the military people do what they know how to do and what they know how to do exceedingly well. In other words, there are times for the politician to step aside and tell the military people, it's your game now. What do you think, Michelle? I, I, that would be, that's a grave concern to me, uh, Roy, because as Catherine stated, you know, they're over the moon. And when you really think about it, I look at D&D in Canada and how much money they wanted to spend when left, and they have spent, when left to their own devices, you know, for the F-35s, and, you know, they want all the toys. I'm sorry, that's how I feel. And left to their own devices, I don't think they're opposed to war. Well, I think I think the D&D thing, though, Michelle, is a lot more to do with the bureaucracy in Ottawa rather than the people that are actually the, the boots on the ground, the military types. And, and um, frankly, listen, nobody's perfect as a decision maker. We all know that, politicians, military, whatever. But if it's a military-related issue, I personally would be more confident if senior military people who presumably, and again, we must presume, presumably – 
know what they're doing a heck of a lot more than the politicians do. Yeah. Is it general? So is it, that's, is it... that's my call, and, and then nothing's perfect, and everybody can make mistakes, no question. And the problem is with these kinds of issues, the mistakes are very but they do, they do mistakes. jockey for position, Catherine. You know oh, what, though? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Beauties, I have, to take a, I have to take a break. But just before we do that, I'd rather have a trained general in charge than General Trudeau being in charge. But anyway. Or General <laughs> Trump, for that matter. And, you know, I would rather give them, I, if the military needs the equipment, if they really need the equipment to protect Canada and Canada's borders, give it to them. Give them what they require. Because they lived through the decade of darkness and then even with the with the Harper government, there were there were complaints about about yeah, funding. A pox on all their houses. On all of them. Yep. Yep. Every last one. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Catherine, Linda, and Michelle about <sighs> Weedy Wednesday, and uh, oh no, well it was Thursday, but it works, and uh, and the story about the Children's Aid Society in Ontario removing the foster children. From a Hamilton couple, because as devout Christians, they refuse to tell their kids the Easter Bunny is real. I interviewed the father earlier today. We'll play back tomorrow. Stay with us. You listen to Green. Green. You might turn red. red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Follow me there. Tweet me. I'll read some tweets on the air. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. Listen back to any segment that we air. You can download as well on the website of your favorite chorus radio station, which carries the program in the audio vaults. Beauties and the Beast with Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca. At Linda Leatherdale and LindaLeatherdale.com, former money editor of the Toronto Sun and former liberal member of parliament and former seatmate to the Prime Minister of Canada, the current one. Michelle Simpson, at Michelle Simpson. Before we talk about other things, we're going to have to move through these topics quickly. We, we all heard this. Can we, what was that? Can we listen to it again? So there they're extracting Dr. Dow, I think it is, from the United Airlines aircraft. Then he got back on the plane and listen to this. I have to go home. 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 Go home. Just kill me. Just kill me. Kill me. Just kill me. Kill me. Just kill me. Just kill me. Just kill me. Linda? <laughs> disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Thugs, United and Air Canada, because I had a, well, not as bad as that poor gentleman, but certainly treated like cattle. You're not a customer. You're just, oh, I, I'm disgusted. That's all I can say, Roy. And you know what? United, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. Michelle, you just flew back from the uh, United States. To Canada, what airline? 
I actually use WestJet because I've been boycotting Air Canada whenever I can for treatment that I received that was absolutely inexcusable. And when you when you hear that uh, that exchange on that airplane, what are you hearing? Uh, something that is inexcusable, and I do hope that whatever legal action he takes, he wins big. But I sh- I'm sure it won't go to court. Catherine, oh, I hear I hear the sound of big big checks being written. <laughs> you know, looking at this just from a PR standpoint, who may. Who made that decision, eh? I mean, the pilots are saying it wasn't their fault, even though they called the security people. Anyway, it's very tough to say, but I'll tell you that the humor on it has been terrific. I've I've been reading about, you know, we've heard of red-eye flights, and now we have black-eye flights. Um, We have first class, and then we have welterweight class. (laughs) Anyway, the the jokes have been rife on late-night TV and stuff about this. But what a massive public relations faux pas on the part of United. But and and I, the CEO Catherine, himself, I mean, he never heard. made the dumb decision. The deep I, was I'd done. always heard. He, he, dug, he dug himself deeper in the hole. No, but I'd always heard that the captain of a flight is like God. Yes, in charge. Yeah, takes, takes yeah. precedent over police, over security. He's in charge yep. of that plane. And they're disavowing responsibility, the pilots. Exactly. Just for the record. So I don't buy that. So you fly the friendly skies with United. It's <sighs> getting off the ground that's hazardous. Yeah, to yeah that's right. <laughs> okay, we'll, so. We'll in, drag you all over the world. <laughs> so we have two minutes left. The Children's Aid Society of Ontario, <sighs> removing foster children from a Hamilton couple because it's devout Christians, they refused to tell their kids the Easter Bunny is real. They told CAS that they were devout Christians. They told them they weren't going to lie to the kids, and they pulled these kids out of a out of a uh, out of a, a, a good home. And because of the caseworker saying the Easter Bunny is part of Canadian culture. Well, the thing that gets me about this is this couple made it clear up front what their beliefs were and what they would and would not do. And and the and the CAS, the Children's Aid Society, accepted that at the time, and now they're reversing it. I suspect there's a zealot of a of a government official working for CAS that has decided to make a big deal out of this, even though this couple has has been they've been foster parents for quite a while. More than one zealot. If you, I want everybody when you have the time, go online and watch the film Powerful as God. It has to do with Ontario's Children's Aid Society. They tried to stop it from being released, but it was released as a doctor. I think it was a doctoral thesis by, uh, part of a doctoral thesis by uh, the, uh, the producer who I spoke with when it was released. And it's all about uh, people who have been affected by Ontario Children's Aid. And it was one of the workers who told the, uh, one of her clients, that's how the title came about, we are as powerful as God. Yeah. You know what? We are as powerful as God. And they let children die in inappropriate homes. And it's happened. And then tear them away because of the Easter Bunny? That's just Give me a I interviewed... This is ultimately at the government's feet. This is the Ontario uh, government, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I interviewed you know, the father... the ultimate responsible party. Guys, I interviewed the father earlier today. We're going to play it back tomorrow. I asked him, do you think it would have happened to you if you weren't Christian? <laughs> I have to listen to his answer. Ooh. Ooh. 
I'm we'll play that back listen. tomorrow. Beauties, that's our time. Oh, happy Easter. Shucks. Happy Easter. Yes, happy Easter to everyone. Well, let's hope we're not at war in the next day and a half. That's right. Let's hope. Thank you, Catherine Swift, at Working Canadians, Michelle Simpson, at Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, at Linda Leatherdale, and lindaleatherdale.com. We'll come right back.